Welcome to the No Labels, No Limits podcast. This is Sarah Box, your host, and I'm thrilled to be here once again to share with you some great interviews. This week, we're going to do another compilation, only this time focused on musicians with passion and their personal stories. Just as a heads up, we had some technical issues on a couple of the interviews. You'll hear other musicians in the background, so just listen in and around those and take away the nuggets that our guests share with you. Our first interview is with Josiah Bruni, a Southern California who has a lifelong dream of sharing music and art and the business side of both with underprivileged and at-risk children through his nonprofit Music Changing Lives. When we join Josiah in this interview, he's talking about what it took to go from having a studio in his house to a $5 million building in six months. So let's listen in. At first, I had a studio in the home. And so I'm trying to go from a home studio to an 18,000 square foot building at the time, and it was the EDD building in Redlands. I was trying to buy it. It was going for like $5 million. And so I would be um, complaining and saying, well, you know, how am I buy a building at $5 million? I'm only, uh, I think, 27 at the time. <laughs> and so I, I went and we toured the building and the, the director was there cleaning out her office. She asked me, she said, what is a kid like you about to buy this building for $5 million for and I told her my dream. I said, well, ma'am, I want to open this building and make it just strictly for kids. We're going to build studios, art labs, and it'll be free for the community. She says, oh, my God, my son has been doing this in my garage, and I've been trying to get him to go and do it in, t- in, in a community center. If I teach you how to do that, will you go do it? And I said, you're saving me. Yes, I will. <laughs> I, said, I, said, I said, ma'am, can you adopt me? <laughs> and really, and the, now the broker, the real estate broker is kind of mad because here's the deal is on the table. And here's this lady telling me she can teach me to do it, to partner with cities. And that's how this conversation started to go into the Redlands Community Center. And so you wouldn't have talked out loud your dream to somebody else. You know, right. And kept it inside of you. She would oh, to offer. And so that is the power of it. That's what I was getting to say is she taught me to just speak it and just believe it and then go after it, believe it and then go after it and you'll find it. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And just you, you were helping me reflect on that right now is major. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's. I think those are the things we say because they're part of our life. Like my aunt told me to this and, you know, and it's normal because that's you, right? But that's powerful for someone to interrupt your patterned thinking and help you go, what? Mm. And, but you were who actually shared it, which could be, you know, that could be risky. You might've just in your head said, yeah, what am I doing trying to spend $5 million? Instead you shared. So that's yeah. really powerful, Josiah. That's pretty amazing too, though, that you were in that room doing a walkthrough. Yes. So yes. take us a little further now. So did you meet her son? No, I never got to meet her son. Her, I tried to, but the son was just really lazy. And so um, she then got with me and she, she was like, look, my son's too lazy. He doesn't want to do it. I said, ma'am, I don't need your son. I have my own money. I'm ready to go city. And we sat down and she, she taught me how to do so. And we went, um, she said, all I can do is make the introduction. Now Redlands at the time was going to an era 
where they had just cut their programs from spending. So no longer would they be paying directly from the city. And they were looking for independent contractors. And so I went to a level of saying, okay, Redlands, I want to put a studio in here. Let's build this sitter and let's make an art lab. Now, the director at the time is looking at me saying, my job's on the line. I'm closing the door. I can give you the computers. (laughs) I said, I don't want the computers. I want the building. And so he was like, all I can do is take you to the mayor and you got to sell it to the mayor. And if the mayor says yes, then we can go forward. I went, I proposed to John Harrison at the time. He was the sitting mayor. And he's like, how are you going to do this? Da, 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 da. I said, well, John, I got my own money. I'm going to build my studio in your art lab and an art lab. And we're going to go out and we're going to teach kids music and arts. And I guarantee you an art lab. And we're going to go out and we're going to teach kids music and arts. And I guarantee you this independent contractor will stay here and be here until the life of me. God bless us. We've been there now 10 years. That was 10 years ago. That's like when the economy was tanking. We oh, yeah. Through that. So he probably thought you were either crazy or a godsend. One or the right. other. Right. And they gave me six months. <laughs> okay. He, took, he said, you have six months, literally. And he said, if it doesn't work in six months, you got to go. I said, okay. <laughs> oh my God. I forgot all those conversations. Thank you. So he says, yes, you're in. How did you, I mean, that's a big step, right? Now you've got a time clock ticking, get it done in six months. What'd you do? Who did you bring in to help you? Or did you already have that lined up before you had the building? No, I, I, I had no clue. It was me and my buddy, uh, Christopher Bechtel, uh, for Bechtel, uh, young, uh, top, tattoo artist now, uh, bless his heart. And well, I had my cash to build my studio, but I didn't know how we were going to build the studio or what. Right. And so me and Chris came and we sat down, we, we toured the building after they gave us the okay. And there were all these beautiful rooms in the, in the center that they wanted me to utilize. And then there were these storage rooms that were once locker rooms. I told him, I said, I want this. I said, we're going to clean the storages out and I want this to be the studios. And we're going to have studio A and studio B one day. And they all looked at me again like I was crazy because there's like big cockroaches and you know bugs in this building at the time because it was literally just for storage and like old stuff. And I said, no, we're going to clean this up and this is going to be the studio. And now we have two beautiful studios there that kids use. Just I call it walking we- stuff into existence. Yeah. <laughs> Our next No Labels, No Limits podcast guest is Vanessa Collier. Vanessa shares her love of music and the blues and does not let much hold her back. If you've seen her in concert or on YouTube, you'll know that firsthand. She's known as a master musician and a multi-talented blues performer, and in fact, right now is well into her summer tour across the United States up the West Coast with more shows being set for later in the summer. So let's talk a little bit about that journey. Have you you know, when you introduced yourself, you said that music's been your passion for a long time. Did you know when you were really young that that's what you wanted to do? I absolutely did. Yeah, I, I was kind of, you know, I, I picked up the saxophone at nine and loved it. And then when I hit jazz band in sixth grade, I just absolutely just spent so much time with the horn, um, just playing the 12 bar blues, honestly. And we did that like every morning at like 6.30 or something, every Wednesday or something like that. Um, and then I really wanted to do, like, I wanted to do multiple things. I wanted to be um, a musician and tour around the world. I wanted to be a WNBA player and I wanted to be a restaurant owner chef. And I thought I could do all three. <laughs> 
What did um, you learn about and then, <laughs> what did I learn? Uh, basically that you have to choose one at some point um, and put time and energy and focus into one. Um, well, I'll keep, you know, I still play basketball. I still shoot around um, and I cook a lot. So, you know, it's just the other ones are still passions. It's just not my career. So, I, I've, yeah, I've learned that. <laughs> Pick one and, and go for it. Has, have you had throughout, you know, your career, and I, when I use career, I mean through all of that piece, you know, the passion with your music and learning that, but then also um, one of the things you noted that people might be surprised to learn about you is that you were recruited by Division One schools for basketball. So that, yeah. me, you put in a lot of time on a court to even get recruited. I did, yeah. So I mean, I started I started both about the same time, yeah. So how did you balance all of that and school? Yeah, I you know, I don't know. I think I've just had really supportive parents that encouraged me to kind of like push myself in all arenas. So, um, you know, basketball, I was constantly like going to basketball camps and um, learning how to get better in that way and spending two, three hours on the court most days um, throughout high school and then playing in the band during the day and in the morning and coming home and sometimes I practice after that. <laughs> um, so I just, I just kind of learned just to find, find time in the cracks to, to figure everything out, you know, took AP classes as well. And I don't know, I just like challenges and I like, I like doing a lot of stuff <laughs> that, that hasn't really changed. <laughs> well, speaking of challenges, has there ever been a time where you faced a challenge that you either didn't feel you were prepared to make or maybe just life threw a curveball at you that you had to handle like it or not? Sure, absolutely. I think there have been a few. Um, the, the most recent was actually um, um, was actually uh, about my, my latest record that I have released, Meeting My Shadow. Um, it is kind of like uh, being in the industry, and I and I came in after college, just thinking, you know, this is this is the greatest thing, and I still think it's the greatest thing. But you also come to realize that there's a backside to it, and sometimes people will put you in a slot of you're going to fill the female spot on the festival roster, or you're, you know what I mean? They try and kind of box you in, and that that record is a is about. Um, all of that it, it, it's the term meeting my shadow comes from psychology it's um it's a term that basically means getting rid of all the negativity in your life and making more room for the joy um and so that all came out of um out of that tough time of just kind of like having people around me that didn't have my back that I thought maybe did um and so for me I write I write myself out of it most of the time it's always been my go-to is I write so poetry from very early on in middle school to now songs and, and you know, all sorts of stuff. <laughs> so you're also then, it sounds like to me, someone who likes your time. When you think about writing and writing yourself out of a situation or getting, getting your head clear maybe about it, that being mm -hmm. in your head is a place that you find... Um, I don't know if I'd use the word comfort, but maybe direction or centering. Is that, yeah. is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, 
I'm very much an introvert for being, if you come to my show, you would not know that. But um, <laughs> basically I've always spent a lot of time just kind of on my own reading or hiking or um, with my dogs or, or whatever, just uh, that's always been my recoup time. Um, and I tend to not want to react in the moment. Um, so to whatever it is, good, bad, or whatever, I tend to try and just think about it, take it in, and then leave some space for the emotions to kind of settle and, and think about it. That's, that's always how I try to approach any situation, um, just to remain as open and as clear as possible. That's, yeah, I hope. <laughs> Are there things that keep you awake at night that you kind of continue to ponder over that you're trying to figure out? Um, I wouldn't say that they keep me awake at night, but I, I do feel that my brain trails off um, sometimes, mostly during the day when I'm driving or something. Um, and, and mostly those are, those are kind of world things. Um, I think partly being an introvert, I feel that I don't always communicate it as, as clearly as I can. So one of those things that keeps me kind of thinking is how can I be more clear? How can I communicate better? Um, and how can I connect with people better? You know, music has always been a great way for me to do that because it doesn't, it hasn't required words, but I can play how I feel. And I, I noticed that very early on. Um, and I think that's why I've liked it so much. Um, the uh, stage banter has been, something to something that I keep working on <laughs> but yeah to, to, to cut a long story short I think um, mainly it's just about communication I'm, I'm constantly just trying to make sure that I'm not um, not really offending anyone and, and just trying to level the playing field that we're all equal and we all come from different places but but I see everyone as, as being equal um, and I try and treat them as such. Our third guest today is Corey M. Coons, who is a perfect example of a person with a passion for music, family, and performance. He's an award-winning Canadian singer-songwriter from Ottawa, Ontario, and he believes in synchronicity and that everything happens for a reason. As we join Corey, he's talking to us about the importance of being true to yourself. resonating if, if somebody can like if you're listening to a song and you can remember where you were when you heard a particular song or if there's something about a lyric or a melody that stands out and really creates a fond memory for somebody or you know just telling a good story to somebody really resonates with them that they can relate to i think you have to be relatable as much as you can in, in your art or your music or whatever you're trying to do in life so obviously if you can relate to somebody else hopefully they can relate to you in the same way so be as honest and true to yourself as you can you know, it's really easy to think about, like a song will come on, like you're talking about, and all of a sudden you are right back where you heard that the first time, for good or ill, right? But it anchors you back. And mm -hmm. if you were to say what type of message, well, let me ask you this. Does your music typically have a theme, like a kind of a theme or message you promote through the variety of music that you do? Well, I try to have a positive message as much as I can in, in most of my songs. Some of my songs are 
are written from an emotional standpoint, whether it be dealing with, you know, I've dealt with loss in my life of my parents and stuff like that, or the song that I dedicated to my now four and a half year old daughter, who was two at the time when we, I wrote a song for her to, to sort of dedicate to her. So those are personal messages that I get out, but then there's also with telling the stories, I think it just depends on the song, really. I mean, it's hard to say what I try to touch on in each song per se, but I think, like I said, a positive message rather than a negative thing, because if you dwell on the negative aspects too much, then I think you can, you know, find a pitfall pretty quick there. So it's a deep hole. Yeah. Uh, when you, you know, being an independent artist carries with it its own challenges, right? You don't have a big company behind you doing the work. Have you always been independent? Pretty much. I mean, I used to play in a lot of cover bands over the years and traveled and toured in the 90s with different cover groups. One from, uh, well, first time, I guess, early in the 90s in a Canadian band from the Cornwall area, Cornwall, Ontario. And then later on, a band that was originally from Ottawa that relocated to Birmingham, Alabama. So I did some traveling in the Southeast and stuff. There's been no record labels that have ever been behind me as far as, you know, the big push in that regard. So most of the time I've made my own decisions with my own music. But like I say, with the past and traveling with other bands, I mean, there was always a, a key component of there was leaders in those bands that were kind of, you know, when I joined or something that we I followed the sort of leaders of the band. And as far as that goes, the bosses sort of say, you know, but in most of my own work, yes, I've been truly independent in doing that. So. So the reason I ask you that is I think a lot of folks that I work with and that I communicate with think about how scary it is to be on their own versus maybe having the security of someone bigger or, and I, it's not even a true statement, right? Because you can have a job somewhere and it could be gone tomorrow, but there's the perception that you're covered. You know, someone's got your back, they're handling everything for you. And so they're, even though they may have a passion for music or they may want to start their own thing, they may be reluctant to do that just because it feels scary. So mm -hmm. how do you balance that kind of the risk part of being on your own versus the, hey, this is in me and I just have to get it out there? Yeah, well, balance is key. I mean, in anything, I mean, whether you're balancing career and family or you're balancing, you know, like you're talking about i think you need to surround yourself with the right people in order to about to achieve balance i think there's always going to be the fear factor in anything that you do and i think if you take the right chances in life i think you have to take chances at times in your life but i think now for me being older and a little wiser hopefully through my career that i take the right chances now and not just a chance that's you know someone's blowing smoke sort of thing and telling you this is what's going to happen for you and like you know i've kind of gotten past the whole you know looking for a superstardom sort of thing when you're like young and in your teens growing up or something and i think yeah you just really have to like surround yourself with the right people and be wary of the fears but take them into consideration but also don't let them rule what you're trying to do and make those right decisions so so do you have the luxury of doing music every day all day eight hours a day or do you have another job that supports this passion of yours well, music is most of my income as much as I can. I'm also a, a guitar teacher, a guitar instructor at a local music school that a friend of mine has opened, and it's been five years now that actually I've been teaching there with him. So beginner and intermediate guitar students. So that's all encompassing music as well for me. I'm obviously always writing and, and trying to come up with new song ideas and melodies and stuff like that, and always trying to perform as much as I can. So I try to make music as much of my career, I guess, for my income as I can. Now I have held down other jobs, obviously, in my life and like 
my family used to own a, a golf course here, not far from my home and stuff. And that was a big part of my life for many years too, in the summertime, you know, being employed on a golf course. And my sister actually, and my brother-in-law have a new business that they opened not too long ago, which is like a sort of convenience store, sort of baked goods and stuff like that. So I just go in once in a while and help them out, you know, to kind of get a couple hours here and there and help them when they need stuff. But most of the time I'm focusing on music as much as I can. And well, along takes, with my family, my daughter. Ask, which, that takes a lot yeah. of focus. Yeah. Yeah. My family is a big part of my life, obviously. My daughter who's four and a half, she just started school. So, you know, you try to, you really need to find that balance. You can't just be sitting here doing music all day long and then, you know, you have your daughter here or something or, you know, so. One of the things I read that you said, which I thought was interesting, actually a little bit inspiring for me personally, was a quote that you said, never give it up, never let anything stand in the way, in your way, and set goals and go after them. So are you a big goal setter person? I think it's stepping stones as far as goals. I think you should set small goals to kind of climb the ladder if you're looking for the big sort of goal in the end, you know, because I think everything leads to something else. I'm kind of a believer in like synchronicity and stuff like that, where, you know, everything happens sort of thing for a reason. And and if messages come your way, you should kind of at least try to take something out of that, you know, maybe not everything, but try to be in tune with that message sort of thing. Yeah. So have you found any obstacles that have gotten in your way that you had to take a step back and then think differently about, either what you thought you needed or wanted to do or how to go about doing it? Yeah, I think there's obstacles all throughout life, like we were talking about before a little bit. And I don't know if it's an obstacle, but losing my parents was a, a big challenge for myself. I lost my mom to be close to 16 years, I think, this year. And my dad will be six years coming up. This Actually, it's, a, it's an odd day today because October 13th is an anniversary of sorts. My parents passed away 10 years to the day on this date that we're talking today. So it's actually a very unique situation that comes every year on this date for me. So, but yeah, that's been a, a challenge for me because we were very close, my family, my parents and I, and that was a big part of my life. You know, not having them around anymore is, is tough at times. And music is a source of healing for when you write stuff that's emotional and, and writing things about, you know, family members or people in your life or whoever. So. So that's been a challenge. I mean, it's not something that's deterred me from wanting to keep going because I know that's what they would have wanted for me to keep going and doing things. And I think most parents of, you know, of their kids growing up want them to succeed in whatever they look to desire, you know. So. Well, so you were pretty young when you lost your mom. I was 29 when I lost yep. my mom and uh, she was 55 at the time. She had cancer. So it was a very go for yeah, that time. That's period. young. That's a, yeah. in my opinion, that's young for both you and your mom, right? Yeah. And certainly not something you probably anticipated or expected to have to deal with. And I personally know people who, when they hit that kind of a place, it's almost like not unexpectedly, it's hard to go, what was I going after? You know? So how do you renew yourself? And when you feel that way, whether it's now or in the past, what do you reach to to help you get grounded and continue going forward? Well, my current family, obviously, like 
my wife and I have been married for 15 years and she had the privilege of knowing my dad, but she didn't know my mom because my mom had passed away about a year prior or maybe not quite a year prior to us meeting my wife and I. So, but I think I look to my wife a lot. And obviously now my four and a half year old daughter has been a big addition to our lives. So family is important. My sister, who I still have. So we're just the two of us with my sister and myself. So that's, I think that's got to be your rock really is your family and your, your good true friends that you have that you've surrounded yourself with throughout your life kind of lean on to. And I've had many friends over the years who've been there for me too. So that's it for this week's episode. If you like what you heard, please hop on over to iTunes or wherever else you listen to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. This helps us get the word out to more people just like you who want to live a no labels, no limits life. Thanks and we'll see you next week.